All right, so meditation on God's word brings revelation. I think we all can agree with that. And then the revelation brings a healing manifestation. I hope everybody's comfortable with the word manifest, manifestation. Okay, all right. Um, Proverbs 4 and 22 tells us, For they are life to those who find them. Keeping the word in the midst of our heart will bring health to our flesh. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Uh, we go back to Proverbs 4, verse 20 and 21. Um, keep the word in the midst of your heart, even after the healing comes. Even after the healing comes. Uh, a lot of times we, and we all know, maybe we've been there, where uh, people have been desperate. We've been desperate for our breakthrough. And then we, we press in. We, 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 we seek. We're on the altar. We're doing all this stuff. Um, we go before God. The miracle comes. The breakthrough comes. The healing comes. And it's the answer that we've been praying for. It's the answer we've been pressing hard for. And then after that, they fall off. Or we fall off from that press that we've, um, we've had with God when we were pursuing that thing. And when we, it's like God saying, well, where you, wait a minute, where you go? Where you go? You were constantly in my face. You were at the altar. You were praying. You were beseeching me. And then once I gave it to you, you just kind of disappeared. Okay, um, and so people wonder why they're they're seldom able to maintain the victory that God gives them, let alone bring it to the next level, because they stop doing what they did in the first place to get where they were. You all remember this. You know this from relationships. You stop doing what it took to get her, or to get him, or whatever. Once you got him or her. And you realize that after things have gone a little sour, plateau, um, you're getting, you're on the verge of losing him or her. They tell you, well, you stop taking me out on dates. You stop showing me attention. You stop the very things that you did to get me. You stop doing once you got me. You didn't maintain me. You didn't maintain us. And so we have to meditate on, and we got to live by the word of God that proceeds every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, standing on the provision of God. Uh, because the attacks, the resistance is going to come. The doubt's going to come. That you know, after, well, well, am I really healed? Um, anybody who's ever had an injury or had surgery, then you know you can have ghost pains. You can have real pains as um, your body is getting used to having this increased mobility that you didn't have before. Your joints are achy. Uh, your bones ache, whatever it is. Your muscles are achy. And so you have to be able to stand on that healing because, you know, that's when it gets really tough because your mind is telling you, did it really work? Did the surgery really work? Did the therapy really work? Did the healing really work? Did the medicine really work? Um, because I believe that God is present in all types of healing. It's not just a miraculous lay hands laying on, and some people are going to disagree with that. But um, for as much as we say that doctors are anointed, chemists are anointed, pharmacists are anointed, then I believe that God used through them, works through them as well. And people are, God will meet you at whatever your level of faith is or whatever your degree of faith is. And it's not a really a level to me as it applies to immaculate healing or assisted healing. You know, there are some people who are just more open to, like, I'm a doctor's person. I'm just a doctor's person. Um, PRG doesn't tend to be a surgery person. I don't mind the surgeries. You know, I see. But there are people who, they only receive immaculate healing. When I say immaculate healing, that means it's just a lay on the hands. It's miraculously done. Uh, and so it's it really no judgment on anybody. It's just God will, I believe your healing will meet you where you are in, in your level of faith. 
Now, Proverbs 18 and 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, literally in the hand of the tongue. The tongue, according to how it's used, deals forth life or death. For speech is in the picture of the mind. And we pull that from Proverbs. So we know the power of our words. You can speak life to something. You can speak death to something. Um, here in every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words shalt be condemned. And you all know that this day of judgment is every day. It's not the end of life end of the age, end of the world, judgment day. Every day you reap the consequences of something you've said, something you've done, whether it was yesterday or several years ago. Every day is a day of judgment, you know, because there's such thing as consequences to your action for your actions. So by words alone, by words alone, by words alone, we set the course for our lives. Now, let's go into the actual um, worksheet that I gave you or the, the teachings that I gave you five keys to maintaining healing five keys to maintaining healing we come here we come into the church uh, setting we we pray we cry we we lay hands we agree and healing happens we've always designated our house our spiritual home as a place of healing and we know we've seen it physical healing mental healing emotional healing spirit all this healing how do we maintain it though how do we maintain it um, you know, I might not be a every Sunday church goer. I might not be here every Wednesday night. I might not know the Bible so well. I might not do praise and worship every single day. How can I maintain my healing outside? I mean, just in everyday life. First thing, agree to nothing negative. I've seen you all do talking. I know, especially you saying like kill that negativity, get negativity away from me. I don't, I don't want to hear it in 2021. No more negativity. Agree to nothing negative. Focus, think, speak only on the healed state. Matthew 18, 18 through 20. Um, truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. You have a choice of whether or not to receive a negative diagnosis. Where are y'all in that? I'm serious. You go to your doctor. The doctor says, from all, from the x-rays, from your family history, from the, what we can see, we believe that it's this. Do you have to accept it? No. You don't have to accept it. You really don't. I don't care what, if every, every checkbox. Doctor, I know what you think. I know what the, I know what it I know what these tests say, but I literally do not have to accept. That. Have anybody ever experienced that? Where you or maybe you're in it now still, where you're just like I know what the doctor says, but I'm still believing God that this is not the case, and that I'm healed. Yes, no, maybe so. Okay, a little scared. Don't really have any diagnosis hanging over you. Okay, all right, all right. I already rebuked it. You know you don't have to be rude to the doctor. <laughs> I just don't go back. <laughs> I just don't go back. That's, that's my, my thing. I just don't go back. Wow. Go to your office the first 
diabetes medication. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. No, PCM, why is he giving me this? Does this relate to this? No, Ms. Smith, all right. So then I show up to your office and you're like, hey, did you take the meds? No, I didn't. <laughs> why? Because <laughs> I'm not diabetic. <laughs> Oh, but Miss Smith, um, that that's not for that. That was that's for something else. But but this also treats this as well. But no, 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 because once I start on this medication, then oh my gosh, I haven't thought of that before. For, forever, ever. Oh, excuse my silence. I, I do my my research, and plus my wife is in the medical field as well. So no, honey, we we not taking this. I'm not taking this. So here go your prescription bottle back. No, it has not been opened. Um, but here you go. That's deep. Ooh, that's deep. Because here it is. You're trying to diagnose me with something else. Oh, that's deep. You just went deep. You Let me tell you how deeply you went, and I love it. I love it because, uh, obviously, with um, my wife being um, having uh, a psychiatric social worker, she just knows all of these drugs. She knows the name of it. It's like tongues. And so this her stuff, and she often tells me how you, they'll prescribe one medication that is commonly used for this, but it also can be used for this. And so, right, okay. And so I am not mad. Drugs have different names, but it's the same drug. Uh huh. One will be used in, for depression, and then other you said like one is smoking cessation or something like that. Cessation. It's the same drug, but it's, it's different marketed, uses. Marketed under two different names. Because I guess people who are smoking smoke cessation may be like, I'm not taking the medicine for depression, so it's called something else for them. But it's the same drug. See, but that's deep because once you know I had that to me too. of yeah. the different uses. Then it's like agreement is saying I'm receiving all of that as well. Yeah. Woo! So yes, I, I cut that. I'm receiving all the other diagnoses that come when somebody prescribes this medication. And full stop. Wow, that's deep. That's deep. That is deep. Okay, y'all ready to go for real? We're going deep tonight. Wow. You have a choice whether or not to receive. A negative diagnosis uh, says never receive or agree with a negative prognosis. You all know diagnosis and prognosis. Prognosis, prognosis projects out what they believe, what they see, what will develop, what the end will be. We see that uh, even down to how many years you've got, how many how many months and years before it develops into something more, uh, before it grows, before it spreads, and this is what they project. All right. Diagnosis is staying what they believe it is. Prognosis is what is going to become or what's going to come of it. You don't have to receive that either. How many times have we heard stories of people who were given this many months and years to live and decades later they're still here or it's supposed to spread and but somehow it's contained or, or we don't see it anymore on x-rays or, or, or things like that. Progressively, worse. I think that um, like with even you. PRG with your with your back. They said it would be degenerative or something. Your discs. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Like my back, according to the MRIs, I, you know, I should be, you know, not have mobility, and I have degenerative disc, and I have arthritis in it, and I have this and that. But yeah, I, I 
and, and the doctor had recommended surgery, and I was like, mm-mm, or shots, and I said, mm-mm, not getting shots either, nope. <laughs> and you say, one more thing, I'm not but coming to the office. <laughs> I was willing to do the physical therapy. The maintain, so okay. I, I was willing to do that, but not the shot and not the surgery. And so it did get better. It took longer, but it got better. But then, like you said, the maintaining, which is the part sometimes people want to be super spiritual and just, but also there's stuff in the natural that I have to, talking about that. to maintain my hearing. Like certain ways I have to lift things or not lift things if I want to right. be mobile. Because I told her there was a time with my back that I could not walk and I was flat on the floor and couldn't move. And I was like, I, I can't go back there. So if I can't lift over X amount of pounds, I will let somebody else be great. Because, uh, you know, in the natural, yeah. you got to maintain your healing, too. Yeah. I remember when we went, you had to see a physical therapist. Was it last year? Year before last. It was definitely not 2020. And he was telling us that, um, that he's asking, like, have you had a problem with this before? Yes, I have a problem. How long ago? Oh, this many years. You shouldn't be as mobile as you are. This should be worse. Because he was shocked. You know, like, this should be worse off than it is and stuff. And so she let him know, I'm a woman of faith. <laughs> you know, and... I'm healed. Well, do you want us to? I mean, I'm healed. <laughs> you, know, you know, but your cartilage should be gone by that. I mean, it's thin, but should be gone by healed. What did you miss? I'm healed. You know, I'm not trying to be ugly. Diagnosis, prognosis, you ask. I think, as far as where I am, I can, like, I'm not to the point to, like, if the doctor say, according to the lab results or the x ray, we see this or whatnot. And so I was, Okay, I won't say, like, no, you don't see that. Or whatever. I'm like, okay, but as far as the prognosis, I think I'm at the point where I can say, well, no matter what you see, that doesn't mean that it has to end for me the way it ends for other people. Right, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So are we at a place where, like PRG said, where I can rebuke the prognosis? We're at least, well, you diagnosed it, so... I mean, and not, I respect, I respect doctors. It's a medical practice. It's a medical practice. It's not a medical definite. It's a medical practice. They're doing the best they can with what they know, but um, you have control over that. Watch your I am statements. Y'all know we are, at this church, we're big on I am statements, two most powerful words in creation. And I have, or I struggle with, that's still receiving it, that's still agreeing with it, you know. Um, change your, what you say. Like how much, how many of y'all have been working on your I am statements? It's like a way of life, I'm sure. Not even I'm broke. Don't say that. I, I'm, mm. Whatever you got to say, say something that does not define you. Um, Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, regard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence and there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. When people say, I can't help what I think, mm, you absolutely just Thinking, training your thoughts is a discipline, and it takes effort. A lot of times, no, you can't help what pops into your mind, but you absolutely can help how long it stays in there and whether you turn it around and focus your thoughts. 
Get up in the morning and start speaking over your day, tell, training your mind to think. And after a while, y'all know you won't even think certain things. You don't even think the way you used to think 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago. You don't even think that way anymore. And so now when people come talking to you about different things, gossip or negativity, or whatever, you're like, you know, I didn't even think of it like that. I'm so serious. You know, when people, somebody made some snide comment or, or they threw off on you online and you didn't even pick up on it because you don't even think like that anymore. And somebody's like, you going to let that slide? What slide? <laughs> I'm telling you, I didn't even think that they were talking about me. Honestly, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. But once upon a time, you might have read that and go, I know he's talking about me, helpful. You know, ready to fight. Because your mind immediately went to offense. And now you think differently. So you absolutely can train your mind, and the Bible tells us just what to think on. Agree to nothing negative. Focus, think, speak only on the healed state. Whatever it is you're declaring over your life, only talk about, focus, and speak on that. People might think that you are bananas. It does not matter. It does not matter. People have healed themselves from terminal illnesses through just mind control. Two, treat the manifestation even while you live with the mindset of healing. This one can be a little controversial. Treat the manifestation even while you live within a mindset of healing. Depending on when you experience your salvation, certain circumstances have already manifested. Your salvation being your uh, awareness, your awakening, your understanding of who you are as human and divine. You know, y'all know here at our church, we don't, all, we don't only think of it as uh, your salvation. I received Jesus into my life as my Lord and Savior. It's okay. I understand what Jesus is sh- telling me about who he is, who God is, who I am. Then now I'm awake. I've been awakened to the fact that I'm not condemned. I'm not hell bound. Yeah, there are circumstances to my choices, but I, I have a, a, a level of control within my life. I'm a co-creator. And so I'm responsible for everything that happens to me, what I attract to me. Now I'm awakened. But before that happens, for our young people, I'm trying to make sure that happens at 12 and at 13. But a lot of us, that happened in 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s. So before you knew what you know now, there are some things that have already manifested in your body and in your mind that you have to treat. You have to treat. You're active diabetic. Guess what? You got to treat that. You have an, a, a mental illness. You got to treat that. You emotional pain. You got PTSD. You've got to treat that. You know because it was already there before you realized that you have a role in this process. So some people would disagree with that. But the fact that remains that you know I, I the work that I do at Adams Family Wellness is trying to get in front of get to the spiritual root of a thing before it manifests into the physical because once it manifests into the physical you're gonna have to treat the physical you know so I say things like back pain I try to work with people before with their courage speaking up for themselves boundaries everything that would give you a strong back before that thing sits all of your silence and letting people walk over you and cross your boundaries that thing will work its way into your back and cause you back pain because you have not been able to stand up straight and have a backbone uh, uh, stand up straight for yourself. And so once it gets to that point where the doctors are seeing evidence of physical damage to your back, you're going to have to treat it. You're going to have to have your physical therapy. You're going to have to do the things to strengthen your back again. But while you're doing that work, you can still do your spiritual work and focus on healing it spiritually as well. So it says, um, 
once the issue moves from spiritual to physical, you will likely have to address it physically, even as you begin to do the spiritual work of healing. I'm reminded of a story my aunt told me. My aunt um, lives in Albemarle, North Carolina. And um, years ago, long before I was a pastor, she was, I remember her telling me, um, I had just gone into uh, uh, Apostle Ron Carpenter's church and started really getting into learning about spirituality and healing and things like that. And I was excited and I was talking to her, you know, about how he would tell us or teach us about um, healing, uh, uh, healing yourself spiritually and things like that. And so she said, well, uh, my pastor believes in that, too. I didn't realize she was not going in the same direction as I was. She said, I remember my pastor got up in the uh, she's a woman. She got up in the pulpit and she told everybody to um, that God told her to tell them to come off all of their medications come off all the medication she said and she lit she her church was full of older people older people so you have a number of like diabetics in there she said she point and and all of y'all diabetics you need to come off your insulin right now today come off of it right now don't take it you believe god for him and i said oh lord <laughs> that was a dangerous call for her to make not knowing if these people's faith can carry that you know, there are some people, probably about two or three of them, that were primed and ready to believe God that if I stop taking my insulin now, if I stop, that I'm going to be fine. But there are the rest of them were depending on that pastor's faith. And pastor don't go home with me every day. And pastor ain't making sure that I'm eating this way and that way, whatever. And so that's a dangerous thing. That's a dangerous call to make. It really is for somebody else's health now. And so once the issue moves from spiritual to physical, you'll likely have to address it physically, even as you begin to do the spiritual work of healing. Second Corinthians four, 16 through 18 tells us, so we do not lose heart, even though our outer nature is face, uh, wasting away. Our inner nature is being renewed day by day for this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen for what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. How many of you all have to wrestle with that? Like, have you compromised your healing by continuing to take your medication, do your physical therapy, uh, do your counseling and therapy and whatnot? Do you believe that it is counter to waiting on God or believing God to deliver you from it? You think it's, op- you think it's, it's- it goes with it. Okay. Goes together. Do y'all do recognize there's a strong movement against that? It's either one or the other. One or the other. Either you're going to believe God for it and be anti-doctor, anti-therapy, anti-whatever, you know, or you're going to go over here and that means that you don't believe that God's going to just take it from you. I think it's individualized. Yeah. You all have a relationship with God. And, you know, like you always say, it's job to teach us how to cultivate that relationship with God so we can hear from God. But I believe that God anoints different people for things too, you know? So if you find that right therapist, it might not take years, you know, that right therapist or counselor, even the spiritual counselor, if they anointed for that, they may be able to help lift whatever off of you, you know, in short order. Or a doctor may be anointed. You know, some people just do their job. But some people are anointed for that. Right. You know, it's a little extra. I remember I had a hairdresser in college. 
They said she had growing hair. She was anointed for that because everybody who went to her, including me, hair grew so fast. My hair ain't never grown like that since I left her. <laughs> so it's like, I believe then. I was like, you know, I was in college. I didn't know that about being anointed, but I'm like, she do have growing hands because my hair is growing and everybody else had long hair that went to her. So she obviously is anointed. Mm. And, you know, different people anointed for their different industries. I yeah. think that. And so a doctor, if that's the way your healing is going to come, I think God will guide each one of us as to in what area. There may be some areas that God, that I believe God for total healing without intervention, and then there may be some areas that God leads me to a certain therapist or doctor or whatnot. And I don't think it's one way or the other. You know, right. we learn in most things, it's both ends. Right, right. But that's me. You you yeah, agree. I agree with that. I do agree with that. Because it's just different. Um, I guess, like she was saying, there's different people. God has placed these people in your life. And you can't do it by yourself. So it's even like, um, I don't know, it could even be your friend. Just hearing that encouragement from them could keep your mind going. Because I don't, I, don't, mm-hmm. I can't break it down how I want to. But yes, I definitely agree with that. And uh, yeah. You just gotta, if you trust them, then you move like you trust them, but you also mm. do the things that you need to do, the necessary things that you need to do, like you said, to maintain. Mm-hmm. Even, even the trust, the, the faith yes. that you need to do to maintain that. And make that. Yes. Oh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, mm-hmm. even doing what you need to do to maintain your faith, right. to keep that up, right, right. Your grandma was not being in your ear. Right. Because she may make your faith decrease, which will make your healing not stick. Which takes us to number three. Create an environment that supports or matches your healed self. Come through now. Come through. That's another thing. The use of a nutritionist. Yes. To stop saying the same thing. I mean, <laughs> wow. Yes. Yes. All right. Come through now. We're going to get her contact information. You know, a lot of people are going to be on a health, they're on a health journey. She might get some new clients. Be says, be aware of the collective consciousness. That's a new uh, phrase that we use around here. Be aware of the collective consciousness around you, family, neighborhood, workplace, state, region. So it's not even, y'all know, we've talked about in past 90 MPHs. It's not even the voices that are in your ear. It's where you live. The, the yes, the consciousness of like we're we're here in South Carolina, South Carolina, Columbia, the side of town you live on. You know, you can have the the. What if you what you believe to be the biggest, best home in your neighborhood? But guess what the collective consciousness is? <laughs> it might not be, uh, it might not match you and your vibration and where you are. Okay? Uh look at your local grocery store. Does it I mean really, does it does it res, is it resistant to where how you how you wanna eat and and look, I mean look at the different store. Y'all know that um retail is demographic. You all know that. You can go to a one grocery store on this side of town. Same chain. Same chain. And they'll have different organic and, 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 and farm fresh. 
stuff over here. Same chain on a different side of town. Limited selection. The meats aren't as lean. More processed stuff. The this one over here, the 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 fresh um, fruit and vegetable section is a quarter of the store, or a third of the store. Over here is a couple aisles, you know. And I'm I'm not saying anything about anything. It dem demographics. I think they do that because of the um, the demand in the area. Right. They pretty much cater to what that area wants, and if they order anything other than that, then that's just going to sit it'll sit there. Set. So that's that's the collective consciousness. Yeah, the collective consciousness, and they can and and they can they can set it, they can set it, and and basically what's available that's what's there. And you thought like I mean for instance you if you move into an area and you it's up and coming it's progressive whatever, and then the retail climate shifts and it wants to kind of keep this at a certain level, and. Over time, you stop driving across town to Whole Foods and Earth Fair to get your food or this and other, and you might just go ahead to start getting shopping. Wouldn't not even realizing your vibration's going down. <laughs> you know, hey, it it happens. So yes, it is absolutely driven by collective consciousness, and it's also programmed. So we have to be mindful of that. Create an environment that supports or matched your healed self. If you know that you um you're healing requires you to be active but you live in a sedentary part of town you are and you just feel lethargic you know south carolina we be aware of the the, the diseases and the things that have that are prevalent in south carolina to be more diligent about that you all know here we have high very high cancer rates in south carolina it's the truth we know that um people who are, are, are active, <laughs> are active. Be, be mindful that our um, cases of new HIV transmission are some of the highest in the nation. So you know what I mean by active. Got to be very mindful of that. Got to be careful. Can't take that for granted. It just happens just, just like that here where it may not be the case in other places. So you've got to be mindful of that. That's the instant resistance you got. Um, coming into it so even beyond your family members your friends in your ear being negative you got to be mindful of the collective consciousness this is something that i talked about with um with covid with covid you can resist as long as you want to but if you're surrounded by people who've already accepted you know this thing gonna be we, we all probably gonna get it anyway then guess what it's coming <laughs> it's coming so um collective consciousness is like majority rules to break it down it's like majority rules. And so you've got your work kind of have that working against you as well. Psalm 1 says, um, happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. Hebrew 12 and 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Create an environment. Now, here's the thing. That didn't say go into, find, although you can. It said create an environment that supports a master heal self. How many people are willing to do that? To actually go out and find the, uh, or create, to what, talk to people around and say, hey, y'all, we're doing this together. I've seen some of y'all do that before. Look, how many of y'all are really serious about starting a business or this? You know, we don't have to be the same business, but I need to be around other entrepreneurs or other people eating healthy, other people being active or uh, who likes to go on walks or, you know, things like that. 
Create it. Create it. Your health and your 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 your, your healing can absolutely depend on it. A lot of people like to do things alone. You know? So even if you are on a health journey by yourself, you have a nutritionist. That's two. <laughs> you said we're two or three. <laughs> if I could just get one more person, shoot. You said you got three. There you go. Gathered in the name, I am there. So, four, four, four. Adopt a lifestyle of healing. So we've got the environment and now a lifestyle. There's a specific lifestyle that will support your healed state. John 5 verses 1 through 14. I'll just go to 14. Uh, uh, Jesus heals on the Sabbath. It says, later Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you have been made well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. Y'all, the focus there is not so much on sin, 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 sin. Being perfect, being sinless. He said, but the thing that you did to get yourself in that situation, predicament, size, health condition, don't go back and do it again because something worse could happen. Mm-hmm. Let's Abraham, who um, one of our members says, you have to change playgrounds and playmates. Playmates and playgrounds, you know. Once, um, once Leslie got delivered for 34 years, of substance abuse. She said, I had to change my playground and my playmates. And that was probably the toughest thing. The toughest thing. Because what happens when your friends say, yo, you acting brand new. I am. (laughs) (laughs) I am. You want to get extra biblical? I am a new creation in Christ. All things have been made new, you know. (laughs) I can't put new wine in old wine skin. So, you know, you want to get extra spiritual, but we get mad when people say you acting brand new. I am brand new. I am brand new, and I can't go back because we all know that you go back. It's not like it's just going to be as bad as it was. It could be worse. It could be worse. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4 says, There those of steadfast mind you keep in peace. In peace because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in the Lord God you have an everlasting rock. Yes, peace. Over there in the column I have put peace. The Hebrew word shalom. It says also spelled as shalom. Shalom uh, is a Hebrew word meaning peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Those of steadfast mind, you can't, you can't sway me, you can't alter me. People gonna say you headstrong, you're stubborn, you're unyielding. No, I'm steadfast. You just don't know the difference. I don't have an attitude. I ain't mad about it. I'm just rooted in this. My life depends on it. My healing depends on it. My longevity depends on it. My family could depend on it. My future could depend on it. you know. And, and I mean, I'm, you're going to keep my mind in peace if I'm just steadfast. Peace. We just think about peace, but the word means harmony, wholeness, complete, nothing missing. Prosperity, tranquility, tranquility. And y'all know that. You all know that. You've experienced it. Peace. When you say, you know, I don't, I don't feel like going out tonight. Whatever out is, it could be over your mama house. <laughs> you don't have to be to an event or anything. But you decide, I just want to go home. I just want to rest tonight, you know. 
and you have a peace about it, no matter who calls you and says, I thought you were coming. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'll catch y'all next time, you know. Mama, just put my plate in the refrigerator. I'll swing by there and get it tomorrow after work or something. But I, And you're at peace about it. But y'all know it, you, sometimes it takes work to get to peace because we'll feel guilty. If you're just at the beginning of boundary work, you feel guilty. I didn't say convicted. Conviction is of God. Guilt is of man. You feel guilty. Well, should I go? I don't know. You know, you, you did that. I don't know, man. Uh, you just told them, you know, but you kind of feel that they're a little disappointed that you ain't coming. So it's like, well, you know, maybe I could just swing by. But to make them happy, you make yourself miserable. And there goes the peace. You know, it's, it's tough. See, I'm looking like that just happened to me. <laughs> It's tough when you got to choose you and your peace. But over time, keep doing that. Over time, some of y'all have gotten to that point where, you know what? I say no I say no peacefully. I say yes peacefully. Because some things you're going to say yes to. Because it gives you peace. But it's going to bother other people that you said yes to that. You know they're using you, right? It's my yes. I know that if I don't do this, I'm not going to have a peace about it. I have more peace by just doing this thing. I have more peace by doing this thing. And so it's not always the no. Sometimes it's the yes. Honoring your word or, or serving or giving or whatever it is, you know. Uh, working that extra shift that some people say, well, you know that job using you or whatever. I'm choosing to do this. I won't have a peace about it. I don't know, some of y'all, I mean, there were times when, I know, Zan, I know you understand, <laughs> when I couldn't leave the next shift hanging. I know it was my right. I know it was my right. I know that the job gonna, gonna let me do it as much as, as much as I'm willing to do it. But because I cared about the person that I saw on the schedule after me, I just, I had to finish up my, you know, I can't just, I know it's six o'clock. I know I have every right to clock right on out, but I also know that we've been so busy. I didn't do my side work or whatever, you know, and so I'm just going to leave that for them. So your yes will sometimes get you flat too, but I'll have a piece about it. If I leave an hour, two hours later, knowing that I set them up for success or that's something, one less thing that they had to do when they came in. Cause they didn't expect that. So sometimes your yes will get you that too. Um, number five, Avoid the trend of identifying with a struggle, condition, or disease. Disease. I've said this one before. There's a trend. And y'all know I'm not being disrespectful when I say this about like the Me Too movement. There was a Me Too before there was a Me Too movement. We used to call it the one up. The one uppers. Well, you know, I've been through I've been through that too, and then some. Oh Lord, have mercy. Well, you know, I just lost my job. I lost my job, and I'm homeless. And my boyfriend beat me. <laughs> Good God, okay, you know what? <laughs> well, I'm a single mom. I've got two kids. I'm a single mom. i got six. And my sister, too. <laughs> okay, you know what? We're doing it. We're competing now. You know, we're competing now. But there is a thing. Y'all see this. Andrew tells me about it. I, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make light. I'm going to, you know, just kind of crack the, the ice. But Andrew tells me in high school, um, how everybody, it's like a trend to be depressed and it's a trend to have certain mental illnesses. Everybody's got anxiety. Everybody's depressed. 
people bipolar. Now, keep in mind, half of these, most of these people aren't even clinically diagnosed. But it's the thing to say. It's the thing to, it's the thing to say. People get nervous. They say, oh, my anxieties are acting up. You know, it, It's not a cold, y'all. It's not like your sinuses are acting up. And they don't realize what they're speaking over themselves. Seriously. People using these things like cats. Where I remember when we were, you know, when we were, <laughs> were, were growing up and these things, we were, we were just realizing that, you know, they were just naming some of these illnesses or whatever. Um, and it was hard to take the taboo off of those, you know, so that people actually can be treated for things. And nowadays, you know, like I said, he tells us that, honey, everybody, everybody is uh, claiming and speaking some kind of mental illness over themselves uh, from anxiety to depression to, um, you know, everybody wanting to die. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I just, I don't even want to be here anymore, whatever. And they're just being, they're being extra, but they don't realize they're speaking this over themselves. And with so many people crying wolf, you don't really get to see the people who really have the issues that need to be addressed. Um, so you got to be very mindful of over identifying or identifying with every trendy new um, new struggle that's out there. Um, he said, again, watch your I am statements, your I have statements, I struggle with statements. A lot of times we see people who have already they've gone through it. They've healed from it. They've overcome it. But when the conversation comes up, they'll speak about it like it was present It's present in order to be relevant. In order to be relevant, you know, if I know that I've gone through that and if I can testify to you in some way, then amen. But I usually just let somebody have their moment. You know, if, you, if it's a present day thing for you, you just lost your your mom or something because that's something I've experienced. I lost my mom. I was 10 years old. But somebody just lost their mom. I'm not going to try to over identify with what you're going through now. One is disrespectful. Because it's taken away from what I need, the comfort that I need. But um, if I'm sitting there and I'm I'm mulling over and I'm I'm speaking this and I'm identifying with your struggle, next thing you know, I'm feeling like a motherless child again. And I've already I've dealt with that. Yes, there's a part of you that will always that's a void. But then you're bringing that all those emotions back on you again, all of that emptiness and the, you know and feeling of and, and you're just regurgitating or whatever, and you sabotage your healing. I don't think people realize that you sabotage your healing when you try to identify with this struggle, that struggle, this struggle, that struggle. So you know what? I'm not mad. Y'all remember when we were all, I can't say when we, I scanned the crowd, nobody's my age, but, um, <laughs> but when, uh, our hip hop artists before they were called rap artists, when our hip hop artists, um, would make it. And, um, they would no longer reflect where they came from. And then the movement started where, you know, the people who, who got millions now, but they still in the hood. And that was like the street cred. I mean, I don't even forget where I came from. I'm still out here slinging these bricks and this and this and this, whatever. And it's like, why, why? I'm not mad and I, I'm not, I'm not mad at the people who left the projects. I've lived in the projects who left the projects and now reflect the lifestyle of, you know, where they are. 
I'm not mad at that. And they no longer identify with. I remember. I know where I came from, but I'm not still doing that just for the sake of being accepted or relevant. Because that's when you bring that stuff back into your life again. I'm reminded of T.I. I used to be a pretty big T.I. fan. But T.I. had made it and still rapping about doing the stuff. As if y'all ain't gonna, I'm, I'm still relevant. You know, I'm still y'all out here, you know, whatever. Y'all talking about doing it. And I was doing it. And then boom, you back in jail again. And boom, you back in jail again. It don't make no sense now. Why are you still in jail? Why are you back in jail? That don't make any sense. And so now we see a uh, more educated T.I., you know, that, you know, using the big words and on the forums and, you know, and, uh, yeah. And so it's like, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> You find a guy on them streets, huh? Like David the more, yeah, David. Thank you so much. Same thing as David thank you. I remember those interviews. I remember those interviews when he would be up on um, what? Like it was like right after they start having Teen Summit. <laughs> BET. Oh my goodness! Yes, he would. He was, you know, because that was right after Ti came out. Well, right after he came out with that, my life, your entertainment. You watch it while I live it. Yeah, yeah. You are a role model. I ain't no role model. I'm just trying to make music. I'm just trying to make money. I'm just trying to make music. And now all of a sudden we got the gray beard, David Banner, trying to be a role model in, a, in the community. So watch your I am statements. Yes, you can say I used to or that was or whatever, but watch those I am statements. Avoid identifying with a struggle because you will bring that back. The thing, the very thing you were healed over. Heal from, you'll bring it back into your life. Romans 12, uh, verses 1 and 2 says, we're talking about the new life in Christ. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your minds so that they, what, uh, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The last scripture is Matthew 12, verses 33 through 37. Talks about a tree and its fruit. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brutal vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person brings good things out of a good treasure, and the evil person brings evil things out of an evil treasure. I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Some things, y'all, we just don't even joke about anymore. There's no such thing as things said in jest. Some things you just don't even joke about anymore. There are some songs I can't even sing to anymore because in the, the words in the song had me declaring this dumb stuff over my life. Seriously. I mean some good old R&B songs. Good old R&B songs. But they talking about cheating. Ah, the devil is a lie. You can't see now. You can't even sing any Kelly. You got married. You better not sing the Kelly Price songs. She's constantly being cheated on. Back in the day. Oh, yeah. I skip a song. <laughs> I skip a song. Because I like to sing to the songs. Because I know most of the words, you know. And so I'll be, I'll be rapping to songs. I'll be singing the songs. And then I'm just like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> And I didn't realize, y'all remember when we, well, excuse me, I keep saying we were younger because I think I'm talking about peers. But 
and you know uh, uh, the older generation would talk about how um the lyrics are this and the lyrics you better watch it and you play the music backwards it's demonic and stuff they were half right they just weren't woke and i'm not talking about the demonic stuff and all this stuff but being mindful of what you listen to and then what you what comes out of your own mouth they didn't explain it to us in that way they may not have understood it in that way but even reciting the songs and, and I mean, we, and we say that's stuff with passion too. Well, you would think we just got a release our daughter self. You know? Like you're a deal to be. And man, you are rapping with these people or, or you're singing or you're crying with the person. Oh, you know, with my best friend, Don Kelly Price. And next thing you know, and that's your favorite song. So it's on repeat. It's on repeat, boy. And next thing you know, you can really relate to what she's talking about because it happened in your life. You spoke it. Oh, that's some deep stuff. And people say, you taking it too seriously. Mmm. Mmm. No, no. mm. With the stuff that you watch, too. Mm. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. Law and order is enough for me. He said law and order. Yeah. 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 Yes. I, I can't do it. I don't even know that. That's too much. That's too much. If I get too intense into something, then, yeah, I have to stop it. Piaget, you did that with Handmaid's Tale. You got a little too deep into it. And she's like, you know, she started saying, you know, that can happen. <laughs> Cut it off. Handmaid's Tale was so good, but I couldn't even get to the person. I couldn't. I, I, couldn't. I, I felt like I, it was, I was in it. I, I was, yeah. You start recreating that stuff in your head, scenarios? I couldn't do it. And the Trump, too? I said, this could happen. <laughs> But mine was walking dead, so I praise God that, uh, you know, I, I got a little too too intense with that. And I'm like, ah. Oh. But no. Um, so we got to be mindful. We got to be mindful. 